0: I want you to take your Bible this evening and go with us to Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah chapter number 33. Uh, You know, I teased your pastor at lunch when he said, I really hate it, I'm not gonna get to be there this evening. And I said to him, well, we'll probably have a real revival meeting if you're not there. But after you guys had been so hard on him, I shouldn't have even said what I did. Uh, Here's what I think is important. I admire your pastor for being loyal to that precious couple that is getting married. And that commitment he made to them long before he came here to be your pastor. And it says a whole lot about him to fulfill uh, that commitment. Sometimes people cut and run and burn bridges. And that's not the kind of pastor you called. And I'm so grateful that he was a special part of their evening. Do you remember years ago when people got married on Saturday? What's wrong with people today? They get married on Sunday evening and Thursday evening and sometimes during the week. Uh, Usually when they get married like that, they're in a hurry. Uh, My mother and daddy were very young when they got married. And they went to Fort Payne, Alabama, uh, to get married. And back those days, you could go to Fort Payne, Alabama, and get married when you was 15 years old if you wanted to. And I thought, that's the most terrible thing. My daddy took my mother over to Fort Payne and married her at 15 years of age. Then two weeks ago at Pickett's Meal, a couple that was probably in their 70s dropped in to be with us, took... Hannah and I to lunch, and they said to us, "Uh, we got married 50 something years ago in Fort Payne, Alabama. And did she not say I was 15 years old uh, when he married me? And I thought, well, I'm not from the only messed up family (laughs) from the state of Georgia. But anyways, things are not like they used to be. They're definitely not the same. But I want to tell you something, we're living in a day in which our God desires to do something great in His church and with His people. And I want to tell you, it's not too late to have revival and to have God's Spirit working in your church. Tonight, I want to challenge you about an area that I feel like has grown cold within our churches, something that we have neglected. Maybe we didn't intend to do it, but it's slipped up in our lives so many times, and we've gotten lax in this particular area. I want to call your attention to the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse number 3. This is a verse that I committed to memory, but a verse that I want you to look with me and listen, examine it together. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Will you read that with me as we read it aloud together? Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, as we come to you opening your word, reading your word, one verse we consider tonight Filled with eternal truth, powerful truth, personal truth, that if we practice this area of prayer, that there is power that is associated when we pray. God, I pray this evening, ignite our hearts, Lord, excite our hearts, and Lord, encourage us in this area like never before. God, I pray that you would bless each and every heart. Help us, Lord, to respond in obedience to you. And I pray that before this service comes to a close, I pray that you would help every one of us to say, if God speaks to my heart about anything he desires for me to do, I will respond. God, I pray that would be the heart and the sentiment of your people. And I pray that you would draw us near to you we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. Amen. I want to read to you one of the saddest obituaries that I've ever read. Are you ready? Listen to this obituary. Mrs. Prayer Meeting died recently at the First Neglected Church on Worley Avenue. Born many years ago in the midst of great revivals... She was one of the most influential members of the church family. For the past several years, Mrs. Prayer Meeting has been failing in health. And at the last, she was but a shadow of her former self. Her last whispered prayers were inquiries concerning the absence of her loved ones, now busy in the markets of trade and places of worldly amusements. Experts including Dr. Works and Dr. Reform and Dr. Joiner disagreed as to the cause of her fatal illness. They had administered large doses of organizations and socials but to no avail. A post-mortem showed that a deficiency of spiritual food coupled with a lack of faith and general support were contributing causes. Only a few were present at her death. In honor of her going, the church doors would be closed on Wednesday night. Unfortunately, that obituary could be read over a lot of churches and even a lot of Christians' lives, couldn't it? The neglect of prayer not just the prayer meeting, the neglect of church and those things that are vitally important in our Christian life. Unfortunately, we live in a day where everything is more important than the things of God. That's why we need a revival. We need a revival so bad and we are so desperate for revival that if we don't see revival, we will not survive. It is revival for survival. The death of prayer means the death of power. The death of prayer means the death of so many works of God. If prayer dies in our life and in our churches, we will lose the power of God and the influence that we have in our community. I was reading the other day from Revelation two and three. In those chapters, the Bible says that the Lord would remove the candlestick from this church. Specifically this church, God said he would remove his influence. Ladies and gentlemen, What are we without the Spirit and the presence of God? Can we operate so long in the energy of the flesh until we are completely worn out, until we are completely exhausted? We can get the power of God back on the church again, but we're going to have to return to this area of prayer. I believe that Jeremiah 33 is not just A great chapter, but Jeremiah 33 verse 3 is a great verse in the Bible. One of the greatest verses on prayer. But more importantly, it is a key that unlocks the door to revival. Pastor, you mean you believe there's a key that unlocks the door to revival? I certainly do. Call unto me, God said. I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things, and can I paraphrase, that you have never imagined, that you've never even thought was possible. Do you want to see that? I want to see that. And I want to tell you something about our past, it's not always as glorious, Brother Jonathan, is we want to talk about. We can look at the past of this church or the past of the church I pastored, or any church for that matter, and we could relish the past and even embellish the past. The past is not our friend, is it? We have to embrace the present and launch out in the glorious future with the presence and power of God And we cannot do that without prayer. So if this is the key, I want the key and I want to unlock the door. And I want to open the door to revival through the key of prayer. I've already mentioned that the open door is prayer. And three words express God's desire for you and I. Call unto me. That's the first requirement for prayer is that you call unto Him. The Epistle of James said it this way You have not because you ask not. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't have the answers to prayer that you desire, either you've failed to pray for them or you've quit praying. But whatever the reason is that you're not seeing the answers you desire from God, there is three words to encourage your heart. Call unto me. And God said, I will answer thee. Now in the open door of prayer, there is an urgent need for it. You see, the verb is an imperative in the Hebrew language. Call. Do you hear the emphasis? Do you hear the imperative? Do you hear the power of God saying to your heart, my heart? I've been here all along. I'm here if you need me, but you never called. You know, my dad called me a few weeks ago. I could hear it in his voice on the other end of the line. He just wanted to talk. I didn't have to say Are you bored, Dad? What's wrong if you've not got anything to do? I didn't even have to say, why are you calling me? I heard it in his voice. Do you know what happened at that moment? The whole world stood still. My whole schedule did not mean anything for that day. Because Dad wanted to talk. Can I tell you that our Father in heaven wants us to talk to Him? And He said it imperatively call unto Me. What do you think about a father that none of His children want to talk to? It's a sad thing, isn't it? To be neglected, to be forgotten to have the greatest blessings and desire to do the greatest things for your children, but they never ask you for them. Do you sense the urgency of those words calling to me? 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23. The Bible tells us a little bit of a story about the fact that When God is calling, you and I should respond appropriately. There are many moments in our life in which we are strangled by the affairs of this life. And we must free ourselves in order to respond to God in the most personal ways. Sin has the ability sometimes to strangle our prayer life and busyness has the ability to keep us from the secret place. But I want you to understand of all the great sins that we commit commit as believers, that prayerlessness is one of the gravest sins that we could commit. To have a relationship with Jesus Christ through salvation, but yet never have a desire to speak to our Redeemer on a regular basis. You know what would happen if your closest friends and family never heard from you. If you didn't speak frequently and daily and weekly, what would they think of you? What would happen to our best relationships if we stopped communicating? So do you see the need of urgency? and the fact that the sin of prayerlessness has caused grief within our God's heart. And it's why we need revival so is because we have failed to pray as we ought. Psalm 65, verse number two, O you, hear our prayer, and dear God, with your heart, may you hear our prayers. Charles Haddon Spurgeon said, Prayer pulls the rope down below, and the great bell rings above in the ears of God. Some scarcely steer the bell, for they pray so languidly. Others give an occasional jerk to the rope, but he who communicates with heaven is the man who grasps the rope boldly, and pulls continuously with all of his might. Do you realize Jeremiah 33, 3 is a direct hookup to heaven? Matter of fact, some years ago, somebody asked me, do you know God's phone number? I said, no, I don't. They said, it's Jeremiah 3, 3, 3. If you'll dial it up, He'll answer on the other end and He will help you. That's true, isn't it? May God help us to ring the bell of heaven through prayer continuously in our lives. Not only the urgency of prayer, but the available supply of prayer. God said, call unto me and I will answer thee. We don't often talk about different forms of prayer But this evening, I want you to consider a word that sometimes we overlook in the Bible, the word supplication. Supplication. Do you know what that word is when you break it down? It is the process of God's supply. Supplication is a prayer for God to meet needs in your life. It is the process of God supplying when we pray. The Bible says that my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Our God desires to help us. And if we will call unto him, he is available. If we are urgent about the matter of prayer, God is urgent about answering those prayers. God hasn't always answered my prayers, yes. Sometimes God answered my prayers with no. Then there is another answer in which God says, yes, but wait a while. But I want to tell you something, you and I need the practice, and others need the prayer, and we need to get busy praying. Somebody said it like this, the only thing that God wants us to pray about is everything. That's pretty good, isn't it? Now I want to just take a little bit of a journey beyond the entry point of the door to the other side of the door of prayer. I want to get inside of that prayer closet and I want to close the door behind me and I want to see what God has on the other side of the door. You remember that verse, but when thou prayest, enter into the closet, and thy Father which seeth thee in secret, he will reward thee openly. Some believe that's a literal prayer closet. Uh, How many of you have watched that movie, The War Room? Gives the idea of a prayer closet. But in reality, I think there's a greater truth about entering the closet and closing the door about secrecy with God and crowding the world out of your prayer place. I think it means, but when thou prayest enter into thy closet, shut the world out. Don't let nothing influence your prayer life. Get alone with God. The other side of that door is the reality of what call unto me means here's what it means the other side of the door of prayer is I will answer thee if you're willing to go in and shut the door behind you get on your face before God and call out to God he said I will answer thee ladies and gentlemen you can invest in things and not get that kind of return You can put your efforts and your money in things of this world and never get a payback like that. This is a promise in God's Word and it has several facets to it. The other side of the door of prayer tells us that He hears us. Do you realize that when sometimes the world is not listening, God is listening? Sometimes when our family is not listening there's one that's listening my wife says I told you about this or that and I'll say to her I don't remember that she said you weren't listening now some of you men that said I understand your plight you know you have some of that selective hearing as well don't you say amen men If you don't, your wife will. I'm telling you about a God who hears us. James chapter 4, verse number 2. Again, I remind you, you have not because you ask not. God says, call unto me and I will answer you. But if we're not praying, he can't hear prayers we never pray. He hears us. He hears us. John Wesley said, God does nothing but in answer to prayer. You see, I think some of the greatest prayers have not been prayed yet. And I don't think you have to have a theological education to pray a great prayer. You ever heard somebody pray in the old king's English? And you probably wondered, how in the world could I ever pray like that? Well, can I tell you? That even God can hear a prayer prayed in redneck? You say, how do you know that? I prayed a few redneck prayers in my life. I'm still praying a few. But I am confident in this very thing. That the one who promised if you would call has answered prayer. Because I prayed. How many prayers has he answered? Years ago, in many of these little booklets in our churches, uh, maybe some kind of journal at the back of the book, or maybe in the back of some of the Bibles that we have had in days gone by, there'd be a little, uh, little area where you could write in prayer request, And then on the other side of it, there'd be a place that says, date God answered prayer. Don't seem like we're doing that much anymore. But some of us ought to grab us a piece of paper and write on one side prayer request and the other side date God answered prayer and watch what God does with every prayer that we pray and how he answers prayers. I'm telling you, he hears us. But I want to say secondly, he helps us. He helps us. Samson, as pitiful as he was, as low as he had gotten, Samson, that man of great strength, but yet failed because of his sin and disobedience to God, you remember that great man with his long hair and great strength, and yet Delilah Delilah seduced him to give up his secret, and his hair was cut and his strength was gone, and he's standing there at the pillars of that great coliseum. You know the story they were getting ready to make fun of him. And I think really the story of Samson is the story of our churches today. It's the story of many Christians' lives. We're standing we're standing there before the world and they're saying, "Where's your God? Where's your church? Where's the power of God? We're not seeing it." But, oh, dear God, may we, like Samson, pray with a heart like never before. God, will you do it again? Will you send revival? Will you revive my heart? Will you revive my family? Will you revive our church? God, will you do it one more time? God did it one more time. It cost Samson his life, didn't it? But God did it one more time. Samson called unto God and God heard his prayer. Sometimes we need to pray prayers so big that only God can answer them. When did we stop praying for big things and in big ways? Judges 16 verse 28, Samson called on the Lord saying, O Lord God remember me I pray. You can be as far away from God tonight, but if you realize how desperate the situation is, like Samson, maybe you need to say to God, remember me, it's been a while. Remember me, it's been a while. Remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. Just this once, oh God. Strengthen me, I pray. Just this once, oh God, so that I might take Vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. Does God deserve his people to rise up with courage in their heart once again and pray like it matters? There's only one thing that will keep you from praying. There's only one thing that will keep your prayers from being heard. And the psalmist said it like this in Psalm 68, verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear my prayer. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, if you want God to hear your prayer, get the sin out of the way. Is there something tonight in your life, in my life, that God's not pleased with? I want to ask you a question. If you were diagnosed with terminal illness, if you had a crisis in your family, if you had received the worst possible news that you could receive, what would you do and who would you call that you had enough confidence, not only they would pray at the moment you called them, but that they had power with God when they prayed. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to, don't want to call casual Joel for a prayer and average Sally for a prayer. I want to call somebody who's got a direct line to heaven, who communicates with God frequently, who rings the bell of heaven consistently. That's who I want praying. I pray that anytime my church people have a problem, they want their pastor to pray. But not just that, they want their pastor to call for prayer. And that they know that God's people in every place around the city are praying at that moment. Prayer can shake the world. It can shake the sinner's soul. It can redeem the lost. It can bring our family home. It can cause the prodigal to return. Prayer will heal the church if we'll pray. Somebody said, what's wrong with you? I ate lunch over here at the farmhouse and it was good and I'm ready to preach tonight. But I'm going to find an end soon. Things that only God can show happens through prayer. Call unto me, I will answer thee, and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Do you realize that God wants to show off and show up. That God wants to manifest himself and be glorified. And God wants you, after he answers the prayer, to look at others and say, God did it. Nobody said it could be done, but God did it through prayer. Isn't it a powerful thing when God's people can say, I know it's beyond belief. I know you thought it could never happen, but I asked the Lord, I called unto the Lord, and he heard my prayer. There's an old song in our hymn books, Days Gone By. I know he heard my prayer. He knows my every care. And I like a little phrase in that song that says, the enemy has said to me that your God is dead. But the songwriter said, I'm glad it is not true. He thrills me through and through. I know he heard my earnest prayer. (laughs) Say that to a mother who her only hope is God, and she prays like it matters. Say prayer doesn't matter to a man that has watched God time and time again bring to pass things that he thought was over. I'm telling you, our God likes to show up and show out. Not only things God desires to show us, but things that only God would know. When I've prayed, I've always found that God has a way of translating those prayers into better answers than the prayers I've prayed. I've prayed some decent prayers, but I've got some supernatural answers. I've asked God for meager things, and I have seen God bless in abundant ways. The Bible said that the secret things belong to the Lord our God and to his children forever. That we may do all the words of this law. The greatest knowledge that a person can have is to know that they are in the will of God, obeying God in every area of their life. And the greatest power that any believer can possess is to know that they can get a prayer through to heaven and be heard of Almighty God. Ladies and gentlemen, you can try to call the White House. I'm not sure they're going to answer. You can ask to speak to the most notable senators in Washington. You can ask to speak to one in the House of Representatives. I'm not even sure they'll return your call. Well, who knows? We got a great governor here in Tennessee, don't we? And I think that you could make an honorable effort to call him, but you might not get a return call. There's a lot of people on the face of the earth that you might like to speak to, but don't hold your breath. They're probably not going to call you back. But I want to tell you tonight, there's a great God in heaven more important than them all. But you can call on him and he always answers and he always hears. Listen to me, I've called in the early hours of the morning and he said with that still small voice what's your burden son? I've called in the late hours of the evening and found him to whisper in my ear, you left it with me and everything is going to be all right. Casting all I care upon him who careth for you. It's about just letting him have the burdens that you have and unload your burdens on him. I close with this story. Musicians are coming to the instruments. A gentleman is driving out of town in one of those old buckbirds. He's a farmer that has come to town to load up on the necessities. And he sees a gentleman on his way out of town with a sack full of goods in one hand and a sack full of goods in the other. And he looks at the gentleman struggling, knowing this gentleman has a whole lot longer to travel up the road than he does And both of his hands are full. He stops and he says to that gentleman, why don't you get on board this wagon and I'll give you a ride home. The gentleman was obliged and sat right next to the driver of that wagon and they start heading down that dusty road. The one driving... And leading that wagon says to that fellow, are you going to hold on to those bags all the way home? The fella said, that's what I was planning to do. He said, it's no harder on this wagon for you to set them down right behind the seat than it is to carry them with you holding on to them. I think the reason some of us get so wore out with our burdens, we don't know what it means to cast all of our care on him. Hey, he's going to carry you, but why don't you let him carry your burdens and cast your burdens on one who has broad shoulders and who is able to sustain that burden? Dear sister, you told me about when your husband passed away this morning. That's a heavy burden. And sometimes it gets so heavy that the only one that can help you lift that burden for that moment is the Lord. Sometimes those children, grandchildren, there's such heavy burdens on your heart. And the only one that can help give you peace is that you give it to the Lord as we stand together tonight all over this building, I want to ask you something. Is there an area of your life that you need to give to God? Is there sin or iniquity that's in your life that is between you and God that would hinder your prayer life? And I want to ask you something, because I know there's good people in this place on a Sunday evening. But I do know the reality and possibility some of us have committed the sin of prayerlessness. We didn't mean to. We shouldn't have let our prayer life do what it's done and go as long as it has, but we need that restored. And I really believe if you'd start praying and you'd start reaching out to a few people Monday and Tuesday night, We might see God do something quite amazing in his church, don't you? Tonight, I want to invite you to the altar as our brother comes to lead a verse of imitation. I'll be around front. Pastor Randy is here with us. And I think God wants to do something in our hearts, don't you? Maybe some of you join me around the front for prayer as we have this verse of imitation and our dear brother leads, I want you to respond to the Lord how he speaks to your heart.